Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. How are you? Buddy, I'm like happy to like chat with you, <laughs> my buddy. <laughs> I know we have like a topic for this week's show, yeah. But I also feel like I have like a five paragraph outline of things <laughs> that I want to talk to you about. Great, I'm and excited. like you know, everyone also in you know our community, I want to talk to them about these things also. Mm. I feel like. Since we've been at home, we have had week after week after week of nothing but amazing women and like, how are you getting through this? And what does your life look like? And how are you being this crafty ass female at home? But now it's like, summer is here. I can't even wrap my head around it because the way that it worked is like we all went into shelter in quarantine mode and then we had like all these interviewees right out the gate and everyone was so excited to talk to us because they couldn't see anyone else and like have any other interaction with people so like coming on a podcast show and like doing their thing there was fun and like I just feel like I haven't talked to you in a while and so much has happened since like we really got to talk I don't know I'm yeah, happy no. to talk to you. I mean, like, let's literally, well, first off, in Michigan, and I know in a bunch of other places, we literally went from snow on Mother's Day <laughs> to legit summer on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. And usually we have two weekends in between Mother's Day and Memorial Day weekend, but this year we only got one. So we got totally ripped off in the spring department, straight up ripped off at the spring department we had to be stuck inside our, well, i mean we're still stuck inside our houses but like we talked about a lot of how 2019 was rough but my god did we have no idea what we were talking about <laughs> yeah we were just incredibly ignorant people yeah but i mean you know what i always th- i you know, I love words and I love metaphors and I'm very much a poetic soul. And going into 2020, I'm like, oh, 20, like even my one little word, I was like, maybe it could be sight because, you know, that would be so cute in 2020 vision and we'll, we're finally going to see clearly. And if that didn't come to fruition, you know what I mean? I just feel like 2020 is so interesting because like so many things are happening to make us kind of like take the blinders off in a refreshing way, but in a very like, on like comfortable jolting way which is what we need to i think well right like i mean nothing ever happens without uncomfortableness good like, point you're right progress doesn't happen because people are just like nice and ask for progress like progress right. please and it's not like yeah sure let me just you know hand over these things that i just have not been giving to you because you didn't ask for it yeah and i mean this like I've loved being able to peek on your end of the world and how you interpret like the stuff that's been going on because I learned so much from you in this. Like this is your territory, like just right there. Like that, that's your right. You're absolutely right. And like from your stories, I've learned so much the past few days too. Well, I think it's a really important time for everybody to, and, and everyone is super aware right now of yes, Whiteness is a problem. Yes, black lives matter. Yes, systematic oppression is the problem and we need to do things about it. But, you know, that's not just stuff that needed to get done last week. That's not just stuff that needed to get done last month. It's not just stuff that's going to need to happen this month, this summer, this year. It's not just individual actions that we can do. It is now... It is something that has been activated within each of us. Um, I remember in college, and this is going to, I wonder if this kind of will kind of uh, 
help people put this into perspective on how like kind of a long-term thing this will be for you in your life. Mm-hmm. I remember being in my women of sociology class and we had had a class on advertising and uh, the way that advertisers use, uh, especially makeup advertisers use right. shading and Photoshop and digital manipulation and weight loss and horrible things to treat women and horribly and do terrible things to make you feel crappy about yourself, to make you buy products, to make you buy into the patriarchy. Once you see that, once you see, oh, that's an airbrushed ad, I don't want to buy from that company. Once you see that's a company that, you know, only employs models under the size of zero, not going to buy from that company. Mm -hmm. That's like a light that kind of just gets switched on in your head of like, oh, I see them engaging in things that are against the patriarchy. And this will now just be a light that's switched on in your head of, oh, that's not just a racist action. This is part of the entire system of systemic racist oppression. Yeah, I like you said something on your story that was like, you know, anti-racism isn't just being inclusive and I feel like that's for a long time I feel like that's how I approached it like because I don't I would never exclude someone because of the color of their skin fine but like I am a part of a system that's allowed me to thrive in a way that other people have not been able to thrive and like that's just sinking in really deeply right and I think like us um growing up in the New York metropolitan area one of the ways that we can really see this is What's your zip code and where do you go to school? Because depending on what your zip code is and where you go to school is going to really play the biggest factor in what type of education you get. Yeah. And if you live in a majority-minority school, your schools get less money. For sure. And your schools... And, and, like, that is systematic oppression. Yeah. And redlining districts in cities where if you lived literally – and Megan Anderson, friend of the podcast, if you want to learn about redlining, she will talk to you about redlining in Kansas City. Um, where literally, if you grew up, like, you know, east of Main Street, they would only sell houses to white people – east of Main Street. So they would put all of the good schools east of Main Street so that white kids could get good educations east of Main Street so that you could go to good high schools, you could go to good colleges, you could go to good jobs. That is systematic racial oppression. Right. And it's it's so like, I've been thinking about it on the terms of like as being a teacher and having so many children of color in my classroom and like how do I approach and them being young. That's another thing too. Not that like fourth grade is so young that they couldn't understand. Like I know that they sense and they must hear it at home and then how do I come in and play a role that serves them well. So I don't know. It's just it's for me it's opened up a lot of. Well like to literally answer your question Victoria Murray Scraps has a really good list of books in her uh, story today. She so On Instagram, she's at that? Yes. Ah. Um, and a bunch of the things that I've saved in my story, which I now have as story highlights, are books that she has recommended. She is an incredible resource. Um, and there are resources. There are, like, if you have a question, somebody has already answered your question. Whether it is white people who are trying to be like, don't ask and put more burdens on black people and having them trying to educate you about these things right now. But also, black people have been trying to educate people about this stuff forever. So odds are there's already incredible black scholarship or not even necessarily scholarship. Just one of the things that... um, One of the questions that I was asked was, you know, I want to educate myself. What are the best books to read? Mm -hmm. There are great books to read. 
lots of great books to read. There's lists of them in my stories and Victoria Marie Scraps. She made like literally an amazing book list. There's a, like a beginner book list and a, a intermediate book list, an LGBTQ book list, a list on, you know, special topics, uh, and then a bunch of children's books. So like she's got you covered on the books. There is a really strong tradition in black and brown feminism of essay writing and poetry. Love it. It is so, it's so much more accessible. Because again, we are talking about women who are not necessarily you know, at the, okay, again, let's disclaimer this a little bit. I'm probably going to make mistakes while I'm talking. I might say something that's racist. Someone might find it racist, but this is the work that we have to do. And these are the hard discussions that we have to have. And what I want to say here is that white women have spent a really long time excluding black women from a lot of spaces under the guise of things other than direct racism. Mm -hmm. Like you're not educated enough to be here. You, you know, don't belong here for whatever reasons. And that is very true of, you know, feminist scholarship, feminist, you know, what does it mean to be a feminist? And it was also very true of the civil rights movement. Um, And so black feminists came up with, the best discourse around what is feminism? What does it mean to be for the equality of the sexes? What does it mean to be for equity? And their texts didn't come in the form of, you know, 250-page textbooks published by some, some university because that's not where they were practicing their feminism. And that's not where a majority of us practice our feminism either. That's where I practice my feminism because that's where I went to school. But now I exist to help out everyone else and take what I spent my degree on, take what I spent my money on, and tell everybody else. But it's not like anyone else, like, listening to the podcast is just like, yeah, I'm going to go to my local university now and sit around a table with all of these other people who have all of this time to go and sit around and discuss high-minded things instead of actual tangible things that affect women on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And I just think in general, a lot more listening needs to be done. And and I think you can do a lot more listening when you listen to essays Mm -hmm. because they're shorter. There's amazing anthologies where it's 10, 20, 30, 40 essays written by different women. Um, so that's my diatribe on essays. I love essays. <laughs> I, I love, love them poems. too. And it's just yeah. like, it's so much easier because this is, it's a lot of work. We talk so much on this podcast about self-care. We talk so much about like, life is hard. Adulting is hard. This is hard. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I'm going to say it again. It's not like anyone's life got easier after quarantine, COVID, all of that. Mm-hmm. Now that you're awakened to anti-racism and what is going on, your job is not to fix the world. You can't fix the world. You as an individual are not going to fix anything. I mean, you might fix something sometimes, but you as one person cannot fix, you know... The colonization of the United States of America. You cannot fix hundreds of years of slavery. You cannot fix the Jim Crow era and Reconstruction. You cannot fix so much. But now you're aware, and this is a, like this is a super personal thing for each of us. And I think that's a lot of a lot of the questions that I've been getting each day has been, well, am I doing enough? Are the things that I'm doing the right things to be doing? Right. And like I said, like I've just said, I, I love essays. So like, that's my thing. Like you just said, 
teaching is really like that's your thing Mm -hmm. and so lean into the things that like you really love like um samin nosrat who is the salt fat acid heat cookbook woman Mm -hmm. and she has the the, uh, show on netflix she spent or her team spent whatever uh, on instagram yesterday um it's thursday so like wednesday of last week creating an instagram post of 50 or 60 or 70 black chefs cookbook authors you know barbecue people pastry chefs there were two people who are not um on that weren't on instagram that she just were like these are really important people that you need to know if you love cooking if you love pastry find black and brown voices in the hobbies that you already love for us it might be paper crafting it Mm -hmm. probably is paper crafting i've linked a couple of different sources in my stories of threads that people have started of you don't know any black and brown paper crafters or you want to know more here are links and that is I'm not saying that this should be easy. I'm saying that in all cases, you should try to find the easiest ways to do the most good. And one of the ways that you can do the most good is to find people inside your communities and inside your industries who don't look like you and start listening to their stories. Look at what their life looks like. And... That one, that's just going to make you a better person. The more people that you know who live life differently than you, but still share the same values, that is going to make you a better person because you'll then learn how to live your values in different ways. And that's, that's something that's a really cool thing to have happen because the more diverse your friend group is the more diverse the group of people that you are inspired by if you're still grounded in those values that you hold everything is gonna explode out of you you're going to be inspired. You're going to feel joy. You're going to feel connection. And now, 18 minutes into our episode, I'm going to tell us what the, um, the, <laughs> the actual, actual no, thing is. No, I was hoping ethical... I was hoping we'd chat a little bit about it because it's been what's going on. Well, and no, it's, it's important, you know, of course. Yeah. And I think this is probably the most important discussion like we're going to have all week. Of this is, this is the work that we have to do every day. But, you know, we also have to do the same work to not uphold the patriarchy every day. We have to do similar work to not, there are overlapping systems of oppression. And trying to dismantle those overlapping systems of oppression it's exhausting and it's tiring and it's hard work and sometimes maybe you think about it for five minutes a day sometimes you think about it for eight hours a day sometimes you have one action item on your to-do list and it's email your congressperson sometimes it's engage with your friends or people that it's difficult to talk to or do something that's even harder and it takes up a long chunk of time but it's work worth doing because if you are the type of person who prides yourself on these values you will see them growing inside yourself every single day and that is that's the key to becoming a better version of yourself and this like your diverse group of friends your diverse group of inspiration is a huge, 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 huge combatant to today's topic, which is a revisit on comparisonitis. Mm-hmm. And 
this has been coming up in the awesome ladies project community a couple of times, which it is going to. I mean, it comes up for me over and over again. And like, I think it comes up for any art, even when we talk to like Austin Cleon or like some of the, the more long seasoned professional artists that we've talked to like comparisonitis is like oh yeah that's always the thing that's always something i'm yeah it's always there yeah we've seen it in a few of our interviews like these women that we just invite on and are like oh my god fangirling love what you do for years they're still like oh but yeah i don't know like they, it, you even hear it like in the back of their throat like I mean, you know, comparisonitis, I think, shows up a bunch of different ways. But, like, and for a lot of our guests, it's, like, self-doubt. And, like, we're having this, you know, we invite them on. We have this whole big interview. We They talk about their growth and evolution of, like, their little business. And still, like, they kind of don't see it. Like, it's very, it's been very interesting. And it's it, it sprinkles in every interview somewhere or another. Like, everybody feels it. Right. And we've talked about things like the arrival fallacy. Right. And of you think of like oh yeah yeah yeah. well like if I just get to that point where I see that person I will feel like that person I will feel like I think that person feels Mm. in that space Mm -hmm. and one we never know how other people are feeling Mm -hmm. unless they literally tell us and usually people suck at telling us how they feel anyway so let's (laughs) not even take like let's let's take that with a grain of salt Let's not assume people can tell us how they're feeling. So let's let's just throw it out the window that we have any idea how other people are feeling. Because for the most part, we only have like, you know, a 50-50 handle on our own feelings. Right. So unless we're on like our advanced, you know, advanced study of our own feelings, let's let's stick with our own feelings and not worry about anyone else's. So with comparisonitis. I've noticed a couple of things. One, people tend to compare themselves, their beginnings, with other people's way down the road. Mm. I've had a bunch of new people in the Awesome Ladies Project doing daily pages. We have daily pages lessons at noon every day. It is literally the best thing that I've done in... I cannot even tell you how long. It is my grounding ritual. The women who come to our class every day are incredible. This sense of community is amazing. And just like showing up at noon every single day for a live art lesson. I don't know that. It's it's just the best. <laughs> but we have women from literally all levels of crafting. Like from, you know, some of us have been literally scrapbooking for 20 years. And some women have literally you know they saw my daily pages webinar and they're like cool i want to do that and we're like yes come and do that (laughs) and i have to remind them that like no guys i have literally been doing this for 20 years i am 34 years old and i started doing this when i was a sophomore in high school that is a lot like i am that it's it's way more than half my life like (laughs) way more you know paper I have had to make so many mistakes. I've had to, you know, I have so much time invested into this that I better be, like, good at it. It would be really bad if I wasn't more skilled than someone who's only been doing it for two weeks. Right. Or six months. Or a year. Right. And that's the first thing. We are constantly miscomparing ourselves to others. And the second thing is that we do not think about how long it takes for things to happen. Right. We think, okay, I'm going to figure this out in like six weeks. I'm going to be perfect at scrapbooking in like a month. I'm going to be great at knitting or sewing or any of that stuff. I'm just going to pick it up and go. And like, sure. Maybe if you were, like, majoring at crochet at college and everything you did was about crochet and, you know, you had a full three classes about, you know, 
what types of yarn to use, what your tools are, and then, you know, basic stitches or advanced stitches. And then you took two or three other, you know, two classes to do, you know, I don't know, electives, whatever electives you wanted. Then, yeah, maybe you could do it in like six weeks or a semester. But when you pick something up as a hobby, and when you pick something up to be your relaxing, get away from things, my life is stressful, I'm going to come over here to accomplish something, that's not the thing that you're going to master in six weeks. Well, as you're talking, like, that's kind of what I'm thinking, like, as crafty as females who come at so many different things of our life with like this sense of resourcefulness and this like I can do it attitude which we all you know rightfully own we don't allow ourselves to be beginners we don't allow it's like that's almost what it is it's like we're so used at acing everything around us just by being women in the world today and navigating life and having to handle things that I think that energy gets a little misplaced. And then when we have our hands on something new, even when it's art, we think, all right, time to handle this. Like, I want to be good at this. I know I'm, you know, I've handled other things and got them done and problem solved. Like, I think the energy sometimes in our body gets like crisscrossed when we don't realize that we could just soak something in and be bad at it and not have to hold it at such this high stakes kind of a thing that more ease could be brought into so many other areas of life especially for signing up for something that should be you know recreational and calming yeah and I I think that there's there's two things I want to say right back to that one I think this is a lot of where our white guilt is coming from in this same thing with anti-racism of we are women who are good at things yes. we are women who are normally like oh okay i watched you know somebody make something for dinner on television no problem i'll just do it you know oh i figured out you know i, I learned how this was done okay no problem i'll just turn around and make it happen mm-hmm. i've been a nice person my whole life how could i possibly be doing racist things mm-hmm. and then you turn around and you're like this has been existing in my entire world for my entire life Mm. how could I possibly be so ignorant and naive I am a smart woman who is a badass who gets things done how could I not know this is happening and then now how do I make that feeling go away as fast as I possibly can because I can't handle that feeling I am so happy you went there because I think that's a legit thing and and what I was noticed like that's why for me like there was all controversy of like blackout Tuesday and what does a black box do and all that fine but for me like I was shocked to feel and see like just like you said like not as a white woman but I am white but like as a woman who's crafty and as who's a crafty ass female who can who I feel is good with words I never realized before how my immediate reaction to something was oh well explain your stance on it and this was something that like as I was scrolling my feed I didn't really want to hear like like I knew that like I felt like a lot of people's initial reaction was, oh, I, I'm really good at Instagram and captioning. I should caption something because that's what I'm good at. When I was like almost like you kind of need to listen right now. Like, like that's how I felt. Like I was just like it was amazing to me how many people felt the need to have to caption and write because they're so used to being a person that expresses themselves in captions and writes. When I was like maybe right now, shouldn't be the time for you to have to step into that role. Like exactly what you're saying. And I think that that, like, we are women of action. We are women who fix things. My my number one value is problem solver. Mm-hmm. It is hard. It is really, really, really hard to live in a world where there are problems around you constantly that you can't solve. Or when see right away because of who you are and how you've lived. Oh, well, <laughs> there's so, like when you get illuminated to problems and you're like, well, now I feel like a complete moron. And honestly, it 
kind of an asshole right not seeing that like right wow you know i have black friends i have black neighbors and i've been going around my whole life we've been you know we've gone on vacations together your kids come over to my house and you go through life with this incredible weight on not only your shoulders but every single part of your body at every single moment in time. And yet I'm over here just like sipping my ties. And that's not, of course, that is not an exact comparison. But in that moment, when that little light switches on of like, oh, wow, I should have known better. Right. That's white guilt. Right. And allowing yourself to be a beginner in that. Is the same kind of like, right, is the same. You have to, and then like that is, there is no like, you don't get to skip grades in anti-racism. Like there is no like fast track to being a good white person. Like there is no, like, let's, let's get this very straight right now. There are bad white people. Sure. There aren't really good, like there is no way of being a good white person in this, like in anti-racism, like there isn't. Don't, one, don't try to prove anything to anyone. Who were you trying to prove something to? And why? Don't try to prove things to your black friends, your black neighbors, people of color. They don't have time for your bullshit. They have enough to deal with. Don't try to prove things to your white... If you want to make change, do things of action. You don't need to prove anything to anyone. Just be the best person that you are. Well, that and then it kind of plays into comparisonitis because, yes. you know, now here you are comparing how yes. anti-racist you need to be, right? But so, exactly. so, right. So now you're trying now in that vein, let yourself be a beginner. And like the same way with art, like when you're a beginner, sometimes it's not, it's you you physically can't handle things and act and all that like sometimes it is just let me sit and absorb this for a second before I know how to be better at and either art or and, at and e- sometimes right. it's hard and like yeah. sometimes you bought this paint sometimes you bought this paper and you cut it wrong <laughs> and you cry and like you want to be at the next part you want things to be better and it is uncomfortable. There is a friction there that you need to live through. Right. And honestly, the only way to get through that is to get through it. Yeah. And like a lot of times comparisonitis, we think of compared to someone else. True. It it usually is. But there's also like a compared to where you feel you want to get. Correct. Like, and that's that whole, um, that's that whole quote about like your taste being better than your skill. Like you can see something and say, oh, I have good taste. Like that's an amazing piece of art or that, you know, that's inspiring. I want to do that. But not having you yet what you need to do that. <laughs> so like the comparison of like the journey that, that needs to get you there. That's why it's so important to have... If you're, if you're starting out something new, it's really important to have, like, friends. And they don't even need to be, like, actual friends in person. But if you are following people on Instagram who are influencers in this new creative hobby, also find people who are also new at the hobby. It's, it's very easy on Instagram to find these things. Um, there are usually new hashtags for beginners and, like, things like this. Like, um... Because you are always going to wind up comparing yourself to people who have put in, and I'm like not even exaggerating, tens or hundreds of thousands of hours more work than you. And that's not fair to you. That's, that's not a fair comparison for you to make inside your brain. Right. So if you're going to follow, you know, Allie Edwards, if you're going to follow uh, Victoria Marie Scraps, who is like uh, also a YouTube goddess, also follow somebody else you know you can go into like ali edwards's comments and look who's commenting click on their stuff that's what social media is for if people want their profiles to be private they will make their profiles private 
but there are lots and lots and lots of people who only have like a hundred followers or 200 followers and they put their scrapbook stuff out there they put their card making stuff up there they put their planner stuff up there and they would love it if you followed them and these peer relationships are amazing because you will learn things from your peers that your influencers will forget to tell you so many times i learned so many things i learned so many things from all the women in my scrap daily pages class because they're like oh yeah just do it this way and i'm like guys i totally forgot because i've been doing it this way for 10 years yeah there's so many there's so much value in learning like i mean that's what you do with the kids you stick the kids in groups the kids teach each other the groups like there's there's so much value in learning from everyone else and so in you know there's nothing wrong with being inspired by Allie Edwards's incredible storytelling incredible layouts there's nothing wrong with being inspired by like Kelly Perky's graphic design but they've been scrapbooking since I was in college <laughs> yeah so and don't... also it's kind of what they did that just stuck like it's also yes. like I feel that too like like I don't know, like, I, I spent a lot of years in the beginning of Instagram absorbing inspiration, knowing, like, feeling in my bones that I could do what these inspirational people were doing, but it just didn't pan out that way. Like, I, I it just, like, I don't know, I, like, I feel like there's that element, too, where, like, they, you could spend just as much time as Ellie Edwards and not get to do what she does. Like, it's just how things stick sometimes. And then when you're trying what other people are doing or, or engulfed in a hobby that feels good to you, other things will stick for you. Like, I feel like exactly compare, you just need to, I feel like to compare where you want to be is so much so that you're missing things you can develop is, is, is absolutely, And it happens all the time. (laughs) And there's so many things that are available to us right now. Um, we talked about that flower class that I got my mom for Mother's Day. Yeah. There are so many cool people doing so many cool things with flowers right now. You can get cut flowers and you can design floral arrangements. You can garden. You can... And, like, we know that I love to garden. There are so many... I mean, I garden at, like, you know, 0.1% of what people can garden can garden at like my mm-hmm. my same thing of like i have comparisonitis for the gardens that i want yeah i i know where i want to be instead of where i am but like my garden is like pretty awesome i mean it's not really great this year because i haven't been able to shop at every single garden store that i've wanted to and pick up all of the flowers way early but we will get there yeah i've been thinking that like i don't know about anyone else but this has been a weird year <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all there. <laughs> no, but like something happened from May 1st to May 31st where like I f- palpably felt like I grew up. Like there was there's been a lot of birthdays come and gone where I'm like, "All right, I don't feel any different, you know, it is what it something about May, I don't know if it's just me or anyone else, but like I feel the air around me different." And I th- I think, you know, it's a lot of personal stuff where like Tom's basically moved in and I feel like we've kind of of, you know, this time last year, what was I talking about? Tinder? A little early, a few more months of it. But like, you know what? We were trying to figure out what was the right dating app. <laughs> right. Like, and then now he's like, you know, he's been living here and I feel like that's been the next step. Like, just evolution of life stuff, fine. But also, and I think about that, like what you just said about your garden, like think about where your garden was that first month you gardened. Or I think, think about my relationship that first uh, month we were going out. Or like, even when I look around my apartment, like I've been feeling with us two living here, like the Jones of like, okay, where's the next place we're going to live? Like bigger space, like maybe house, like what would that look like? You know, the seeds just planted, but I know five years from now, oh my gosh, like to compare now to then, like I know that's, it's going to be so much further down. And the same for you and your garden. Like, like what your garden is now, oh my gosh, like it's still not where you want to be, but like how much 
it is compared to like you could use comparisonitis and flip it and say like oh my god compared to then look where I am now right and like when you when you when you flip it and you think okay let me not get bogged down in the minutia of comparing right now you give yourself so much more time to work right right and I'm so for like tricks you can do to get you like like the, even the 100 day project like giving yourself permission that for 100 days you're just gonna chip away because at the end of the 100 when you look back and you compare where you were at day one like it just is I, I feel like there's so many things we can put in place actively to show ourselves how much we've grown compared to like oh I can't do this or I don't know like we have to look like you're saying at the at the bloomed flower and not the process. You can't see it happen in the process. I love that growth episode. I always think about mm-hmm. it whenever we talk. <laughs> Such a good episode. And like, then you get to think of the hundreds of different flowers that you get to have from all the seeds. And like, if you grew something that you can eat, there's just so many things that you get to have from all of these different things. But you can't, spend too much time thinking of like oh my god those people across the street they already have like 17 apple trees i don't have any apple trees so you know i better not ever start ever you know what i always think about too um tracy clark's avocado tree that she said she had in her backyard and i'm like i've ever since that interview i'm like man i wish i had an avocado tree um some of the avocado trees that I've seen from people, uh, one of the people I have, like, super garden envy of, her name is Cat 3 on Instagram. Uh, her avocado tree gave them, like, I don't know, like, just, I want, I, more than 50, but less than 100 avocados, which I just don't even really know. I feel like dozens is not the right word for that because i mean it is dozens but when i think of dozens i'm like okay like you know 36 ish yeah but yeah no just like from one tree yeah that's that's hundreds of dollars yeah a year yes okay so there's just and I think this gets back to the heart of our conversation before of, like, this stuff takes time. Mm-hmm. Even putting stickers on paper, learning how to cut washi tape and snip little people out of patterned paper. <laughs> we all have done it. That, like, it, it takes time. And all of the things that we see when we are looking at someone's flat lay... Or we're checking out someone's mini book. Everything we see is awesome. But there's so much work that goes into everything becoming awesome that we have, like, absolutely no idea. Like, I don't even know how, you know, like, how long did it take somebody to choose those papers? And, like... What work did it get to? Like, are they really good at choosing patterned papers? Yeah. There's just so much that goes into the skill of being someone who makes something. Yeah. That when you just take a glance at it and be like, oh, okay, I want to be able to do this. Even if it's something like crocheting a blanket, I have no idea where to even start on that. Yeah. What patterns do you use? What types of How to hold your you? fingers. Like, yeah. Right. Like, and then... Then there's the actual time it goes into moving your hands to do the work. Yeah. Let alone all of the preparation before you can even actually move your hands. Yeah. And this is making me think of like one of my favorite things ever said on this whole entire podcast ever by Jacqueline Carter when she says, when you see someone riding a bike, you don't feel sad that they're not in the Tour de France. So like, I love that line forever till I die, because I think that's the point we're missing. Like passion is passion is passion. I can relate to it um, through my dancing because I love bachata dancing. And uh, I used to, you know, go and see who I wanted to wish I could dance like, but that never took away when 
a guy would pull me and we would do a, 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 a sequence and like I was so happy in it whatever it ended up looking like out of my body like I feel like when you look at like a bunch of dancers it's the ones who dance with the most heart not necessarily who have the most skill that you resonate with watching the most right. and I, I mean think- that's the whole metaphor behind oh, it wasn't even a metaphor that's center stage is that a show <gasps> you have not seen center stage no Amanda <laughs> Amanda it is <laughs> Kind of the premise behind Happy Feet, too. (laughs) Amanda, you have to watch Center Stage. Maybe you need to, like, go watch it, like, right now so that you see it before Monday's episode. It is a dance movie. You have to watch it. It is, like, the dance movie. Like, Is it on Netflix? I'll look it it up. It it has it's literally on one of the streaming networks because I literally just watched it because it is, like, it's it was the 20th anniversary, like, two weeks ago. Okay. I'm gonna watch it. Good. Something on my list. So good. Oh my god, it's so good. Okay. The choreography. It's but that's what I mean. New York City movie too. Love it. I'm on it. I'm on it, Kristen. Next time you talk to me. But that. But that's what I mean. I mean, it. It's to have heart for something doesn't get enough credit. Like we just want it to look like the great thing or like the tour de france but like when you pedal a bike it is the most fucking fun thing like it we don't put enough emphasis on that like instead of whose morning pages look the best like who's having the most fun doing it like can we give out a prize for that (laughs) like i just i feel like yeah we don't do that enough and like also that's the whole thing of like if you are doing a habit and if you have friends who are doing a habit there is no best. Right. Like that's, that's not a, that's not a goal of your habit. You know, your yeah. habit is to not, you, like if you have a, a, if you have a running habit, maybe you just want to run. Even if you want to run every day, mm-hmm. your goal isn't necessarily to run faster yesterday than you did before every single day. Mm-hmm you will eventually lose. Like, you know, eventually, like, you're not going to be able to beat your time at some point. Like, you know, even the people in the Olympics, like, they have a time that they can run the fastest, and that's it. So they, like, their goals have, you know, run this amount this time and do it well. Do it correctly. Not try to be the fastest every single time. Because that's not really getting anyone anywhere like, right what what does the fastest get you right you're just done quicker and then are, are you like are you more tired can you then not like so what is the best way for you to proceed in your life right and like we use I feel like we throw around the word the best a lot and like it gets into our psyche that we need to be the best and do your best and try your best and all that but like sometimes like just yours is the word like like you know what I mean like that should be the word instead of like this is the best of the group this is mine of the group like that's also a great adjective something that you own that you've done and like I think too like we've been watching in little spurts here and there but the Michael Jordan thing the last dance the last dance yeah yeah we're up to like episode seven out of ten and like it's it's been so interesting because we all knew him like we all know him and I'm dating a basketball player you know all his life idolizing Michael Jordan but and like honestly every single basketball player that's on that documentary you hear them say Michael Jordan is the best like like but you also see all the rest of them being what they need to be like that's been inspiring to me like Michael Jordan and that energy and what he did for that sport is like beyond but hearing his teammates and like that for me has been like everyone taking their role and being them around that was also the best like Scottie Pippen being Scottie Pippen was the best like Right, and Dennis Rodman being Dennis Rodman. Yes, was the best. Like, right, like that's what I mean. And then being able to see how they all understood how Michael was Michael, but that they also, like, so that too, I feel. I feel like instead of striving to be the Michael Jordans of the team or of the craft or whatever, we could say, I'm like, this is mine. (laughs) This is what I'm offering. Which is so interesting because I think that that is a really great point of why, I personally think 
LeBron James is better. Mm. Because, sure, I'm not going to argue. Like, I literally will not get into an argument over who is a better basketball player. Because I don't care. <laughs> LeBron James is a better human being. LeBron James went out of his way and goes out of his way to be a more well-rounded human being. So, to me, and my in my opinion, like, Michael Jordan played basketball. Mm-hmm. And, like, he has gone out of his way to not really do... I mean, he tried golf. He also tried baseball. He did not really do very good at either one right. of those. And, like, for being the greatest basketball player of all time, you'd think he could have done a little bit better. <laughs> but sure. But LeBron James, like, school, dad, television. Like, I mean, while still being the best basketball player of his era... You know, he is, you know, he's not trying to be like, I am the best of all time. Like, he is, I am LeBron. Yeah. This is me. This is, right. Yeah. This is I who love I that. am. And like that, to take ownership of that and focus our energy on that more than well, the status or the level we feel like we should be at a certain thing. Yes. And who, to bring this back all to all to all, the whole conversation again who is the 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 arbiter who is the person deciding you know what is best who is the person deciding you know there is no you know person handing out prizes for best scrapbook layout there is no person handing out prizes for you know best this or greatest that so much of that is in our heads mm-hmm. and it's pressure we're putting on ourselves Yes, there is societal pressure to create things and, you know, make them in certain styles. But so much of that, like, best and wanting to do it this way, we are internalizing that on ourselves. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah. And I think, like, you know, going back to the Michael Jordan analogy and, like, hearing my boyfriend, like, they, I, like, people years ago idolized him like even now like I feel like there's a part of like guys that know of Michael Jordan and go and like go oh the fame and the deals and the this and the that and like that's what they're and like the prestige and the whatever like even relating back to our industry like we look at someone like Ali Edwards and we say like oh she has so many followers and she's so known at this thing that I love and I would love to get known and I've talked about this a bunch of times in the podcast just like how social media lets us see the opportunities that are there and how and the access that we could have to them is then the reason why the comparing happens like if if I could do as good as them then why wouldn't I have all that prestige and that notoriety? And why couldn't I make this my business? And like, I feel like that's the trap that people get. Yeah. And I think that's a lot, a lot of that falls into, you know, again, our own personal beliefs, because we are not sure of what we want for our own selves. Yeah. Because I noticed this happened so much less with you. Once you really honed in on home was my year. I really fell in, you know, you really fell in love with Tom and this was your person. And you know what? There was so much less floundering with any of your creative ideas of like, no, this is, I feel grounded. And I think that happens so much with people of like, it's, it's that, it's that feeling that opportunity is just an arm's reach away when in fact it is 10 years away. Right. Like, we and see Allie it Edwards. might not even be what you really want. <laughs> of course not. And right, exactly. We see Allie Edwards on Instagram, but Allie Edwards was blogging and scrapbooking full time. Like, how many years before Instagram even existed? Right. Like, her full time job was this thing. Literally, I mean, Instagram started 2000, I don't know. 10? Might have been a little earlier. 11? Sure. That sounds about right. A little, <laughs> like 10 years ago, nine right. years ago, mm-hmm. eight years ago. Allie's been doing this for 15 or 16. So at least five years. No, Allie's been doing, yes, Allie's been doing this since Simon was a baby. Simon just turned 
18 and graduated from high school. Wow. Allie has been doing this for 18 years. If Instagram is 10 years old, then Allie was doing this for, like, her almost full-time job for eight years before Instagram was even a thing. Right. So, yes, we see Allie's IG. And then we're like, okay, I can do that. Sure. Put in eight years of work and then go create an Instagram account. Right. Right. And now, like, I feel like in the past, you used to just be able to plug it into a blog and grow that. But now it's a blog, a website, an Instagram, and that. Like, it's a lot of work for no pay at the beginning while you're trying to get good. Like, I, I just, yeah. Well, and right. And that's, there's a lot of work. Anything that you want to do to create something from nothing is going to be a ton of work. For no pay. A lot of time right. and energy. For no return. Right. And the return will come later. Which, again, you have to be a beginner at something. Yeah. And if you're a beginner for yourself, then you're going to be a beginner for yourself. And whether that's through art, whether that's through business, whether that's through anti-racism, whatever it is that you're doing, being a beginner is hard. Right. Especially when you are used to kind of just figuring stuff out and very quickly moving into intermediate territory and then just handling things because you are the woman who handles things because we are very capable, very smart women who handle things and we don't have to handle everything. Mm -hmm. We're not, we it's, it's, it is impossible for us to do everything. We know this. But it's not impossible for us to do more. And so if you want to do something, but you're not going to be incredible at it at the beginning, do it. See if you like it. If you don't like it, then you can quit. If you don't like baking, stop baking. If you only like baking bread and you don't like baking cake, only bake bread. If you like cooking, but you don't like cooking in the summer because it's too hot, you can make all of these choices. But don't give up because you aren't as good as everyone else yet. Because you'll never get as good. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we have, like, I feel like what we should handle first and foremost is our life. I don't think people say that to us enough. Like, I'm like, if you want to be good at something... Make sure your life is set so that you can work some time to be a beginner at it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you're so in the, if you, if you have this urge to, to handle something and like, I don't know, maybe I'm getting off target, but I, I feel like a lot of times when we want to be good at one thing, we'll let life stuff kind of fall to the side. But I feel like we have to make sure our life is in place and we can sustain ourselves before we, and then when that happens, then it opens up the, I'm just, I'm being very, very, I'm being vague about my own experience (laughs) and how it helped me stop comparing because like, I, I felt like when I was when I was chugging away at something creative, it had to be the thing or else again, it, it, for me, it always boils down to like steaks like when I took care of my life, then the stakes weren't so high for the creativity and I was able to be a beginner. Yeah. And, and like for me, I have this, um, I got this new planner. I, I got a, uh, it's called the momentum planner. It is yeah. the physical version of the digital planner that I've been using. That has the energy levels. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, one of the things, since my headaches were getting really bad, I, it was really hard for me to just do a digital planner all the time. Mm. So I got the physical virgin version. I got the physical virgin. Yes. That means something (laughs) entirely different. I got the physical version and it has you only pick five things a day, five project, well, five projects a day that you are focusing on and you can have different tasks that support those projects, but you only have five projects a day that you are working on. And I always make life one of my projects because like so many of my tasks support my life. Like making dinner supports my life. If I don't make dinner, if I don't make lunch, if I don't eat breakfast, the rest of my projects, they're, 
they're done. Like, I can't do them. And so, like, if I'm not supporting things that make my life, and, like, my life is, I don't want to say more complicated than most people's, because it's not more, like, but my basic needs, if I don't sleep, if I don't eat, if I don't drink enough water, then my headaches make it to where my workday goes from, like, eight hours to sometimes down to two hours. And so I need to do as much as I possibly can to elongate my work hours by taking care of my actual body. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> like, I love that you put life down. And I think, like, you know, in, in the past life period, just like, you know, things that encompass taking care, like you're saying, sustaining life and just like being a living person, everything felt like a chore because if it wasn't chipping away at this creative thing I wanted to have, I felt like it was bothersome. But I'm in this new space of like, I love to cook. Like I love life things now. They don't feel like a chore because I'm doing them for me. Like sometimes like I would always feel like, oh, if I'm not sharing or getting accolades or it's not pushing me toward this imagined goal of nonsense, like then I didn't want to do it or it just felt like it was, like everything was bogging me down while nothing was adding up, if that makes sense. Like none, none of the equation was working. So I think like you have to feel, it has to hit you intuitively in a way where like this is fun and this is working or I'm trying to make this fun, but it's just not working. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? That's two different things. Yeah. And if it's just consistently not working for you, then you need to change it. And whether it's like a one project, like, you know, or your whole life. And usually you don't need to change your whole life. Yeah. Um, like Katie Rose, uh, we had Katie Rose on the show and she has this amazing program of like, usually, you know, you're not walking totally north when you want to be walking south. Usually you're just walking like southeast. Um, but like, Usually you just need to, like, tweak a couple of things. Sometimes it's just, like, life is being insane right now. You know? I mean, life is being insane right now. Mm -hmm. So if you're going through one of those times, it might just be one of those times. Mm -hmm. But if you are having an extended period where, like, your shit's not working out, then you're allowed to, like, reevaluate. Right. Or even just letting the air out of the balloon a little bit and not so much pressure on yourself and on. Right. And and I think that there's so many things that we can do to reevaluate. Um, we can say like, hey, do I need to be cooking every single night of the week? And like, you might be the person to say like, yes, mm-hmm. that nourishment that I get and the enjoyment that I cook, that I, the enjoyment that I get from cooking every single night of the week mm-hmm. is worth the time that it takes. Right. And you might say no. Right. So you might get takeout twice a week. You might get takeout, you know, or you might get a, have somebody deliver food, whatever it is. But those little reevaluations, those little check-ins with yourself are great because once you make those decisions, you go on a couple of weeks and you're like, oh, okay, now, now I'll reevaluate again. Mm-hmm. Instead of constantly having to make that decision fatigue of like, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the other thing? Am I like... Because that is so overwhelming Mm -hmm. of the, well, I have one big major goal and everything needs to get to this thing. And if everything's not working to that thing, then I'm failing Mm -hmm. because I know, like, I know that. And I think a lot of us know that. And that is, that's really hard. Yeah. But instead of having like these little goals and like we talked about at the beginning of the show, we're like, you know, anti-racism has to be a part of your life, like from now on. But like, that's not going to be something that you spend 10 hours a day on for the rest of your life, every single day. It's going to be five minutes here. It's going to be two hours one weekend. It's going to be you having some hard conversations sometimes. But it's not you dropping everything right now and altering your life to radically change something. I mean, unless it is. Unless you decide to just radically change and be an anti-racism advocate for and do a whole career change, which... Honestly, it would be really cool. And then come on the show and talk to us about yeah, it. Yes, please. <laughs> um, but, like, that's how it has to be in, like, all of the little aspects of your life. Of what does it do? Like, what is, like, you know, actual biology? And then what is, you know, for Amanda, teaching? 
you know what does and then when it's not teaching of like what does she want to do this summer what is her summer project maybe it's just vacation i was literally thinking about talking our about our summers and after chatter that's weird oh let's do that (laughs) like but because like vacation should be a project like what is your vacation goal maybe it's to read five books maybe it's to meditate on the beach for 30 minutes each day those are goals and they're good ones maybe it's sandcastle i don't know yeah i think comparisonitis really happens when we're not focused on each project for ourselves like just what you just said about like the vacation like you're like god yeah like that should be a fun well-spent handled time for yourself like and I don't know, when you apply it to something that you're doing in a community or in a group or that you want to share on Instagram, like, once you know the eyes are going to be on it, then the anxiety flares up. And if you don't want that, then make that part of your goal. Mm -hmm. I want my vacation to be completely private. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit in the house for two weeks with whoever it is you're going with. I want to sit in the house for a long weekend. No phones. No cameras. I mean, if you don't want to document it, you don't have to. You can put your phone on airplane mode if you want to just document your phone. Like, that is one of my favorite tips and tricks. If you do not want your phone to be communicated, you know, a, a communication device, and you just want to use the camera, put it on airplane mode. Or do not disturb is what I do to make the videos for the kids. Oh. Yeah. That's but a then, smart one, too. Yeah, but it, airplane mode, I think, saves the battery more, right? Or- it does, and it doesn't turn on the Wi-Fi. Right. Do not disturb does. I'm trying to think what I need it for. I just need to be to, to video without anyone's text. It's sending you chiming. all the little yeah. noises. Yeah. 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 There's so many great things that you can do. I think this is such a good episode because it is a hard time for everyone. It is a extra hard time for our black and brown friends. And we can all do little things to one be better at being our own personal selves to not fall trap not fall prey to the traps of comparisonitis and three just use all of that to be better at life and I think that's like literally one of the biggest themes of the podcast is life is hard. Tis. And so like, you know, that's, that's, you know, this is just a whole episode of being better at life. It's just that it's hard. We could use it. I love revisiting topics with you because the show is the same topic, but becomes a whole new show. Like it, it's like every time we revisit, it's like we're different. Life's different. It's a lot of fun. I totally agree. I love it. Okay, we're going to go discuss summer vacation on Patreon. You can find us and support the show at patreon.com slash craftiestfemale. It's $5 a month. You get fantastic extra bonus episodes. There are over 100 audio and video. You get access to the community. And you get wonderful, fantastic podcast episodes like this one from Amanda and me. All of the details are at patreon.com slash craftiestfemale. And we'll be over there for this bonus episode. As I say all of those things in a little robot voice. All right. We'll be back next week. We love you guys so much. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of everyone you love. Take care of everyone that needs taken care of. And have a really, 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 really great week. Bye, guys.